Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. If you find yourself in a pattern of being taken advantage of by others, and I don't mean once or twice or every so often, it's going to happen if you're human, right? Unless you yeah. stay in the home and never leave. But I'm talking about a pattern of being taken advantage of. It's not because you're nice or because you're a giving person. It's because you're doing things in a certain way that creates the environment for you to be taken advantage of. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and I'm fired up today because I've got Bob Berg with me. Bob, how you doing? Great. I'm fired up to be with you. Thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Hey, we got great taste already, I can tell. We got the same microphones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing but the best here, right? I mean, these are great mics, great mics. But, uh, well, you have, you've probably seen this book before. For those of you watching, you can see it. For those of you not watching, you're listening. I'm, I'm holding up the book, The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea uh, that Bob wrote and uh, was co-author of. And it, it's a phenomenal book. I, I read this. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. That's why I reached out to you to have you on the show, because I read the book, loved it, and uh, highly recommend it to those uh, to those avid readers like you obviously are. So, uh, Bob, before we dive into all that stuff, you're obviously a thought leader, a speaker, an author. Uh, but if you can, just give us a little lay of the land. What's made you the man you are today and, and what's gotten you onto this, uh, onto this uh, the, the level of your success? Well, I was very fortunate to be brought up by fantastic parents. So I think that's always a, uh, an, an amazing advantage when you have that. And, uh, you know, I got into sales at a, a pretty young age, mid-20s, and uh, began to grow from there. I learned and studied sales, which led to studying personal development, because that's such an important part of it. You know, we, we know that, that, that uh, you know, success is built from the inside out, right? We build ourselves, and then it, and it sort of manifests itself outwardly. So I, I really love that. And after, you know, after some time of working my way up eventually to sales manager of a company, I began teaching others or I was asked to, to, to come in and speak to some other sales groups. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, maybe I could kind of do a business uh, like that and, and uh, learned how to do that. Joined the National Speakers Association and learned how to, to have a professional speaking practice. And from there, I've just, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to do this for quite a while now. That's great. So what made you write the book? Like, were you, what, what stage of your career were you in uh, when you wrote this? Well, I know you've written multiple books, but specifically, you know, The Go-Giver. Yeah. So, so it, it kind of starts back in the, the mid nineties when I had a book out called The Endless Referrals and the subtitle was Networker Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was a, it was a how-to book um, on really showing entrepreneurs and salespeople who knew they had a great product or service. They believed in what they did. They know they brought phenomenal value to those they serve, but they maybe didn't feel confident or comfortable going out into their, their local areas and developing the kinds of relationships with people where people would want to do business with them directly and or refer them to others. So endless referrals was a system. Um, what okay. is a system? Well, it's, it's basically the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, right? Uh, if it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and you'll get the desired result of B. That's what Endless Referrals was. Its basic premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And so that was sort of my first big book. Now, um, through the years, though, I'd always read business parables, 
And whether it was a long form one such as Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world or Classen's richest man in Babylon or, you know, all the, the great Blanchard and Johnson's <laughs> one minute series and throughout the years. And there were always so many fantastic ones. And I always loved reading them because stories I think we all know connect on a, a an even deeper level, right, than, than how to. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take that basic premise to know, like, and trust and turn that into a story? And uh, so I uh, was lucky enough that I uh, that my editor in chief uh, at a magazine I used to write for, uh, John David Mann, was had already had a reputation within his niche as a brilliant, brilliant writer, author, storyteller, and uh, and I asked him if he would get together with me on this idea that I had, and I, it was a roughly sketched out idea for the Go Giver. It certainly had not been developed, but he's a great writer. I'm you know I'm I'm a how to guy. I'm step right. one, step, two, step three. John's a magnificent storyteller so you know we collaborated on it, and that's really how the go-giver started and that that's great the, you know at the end of the very end of 2007 so effectively 2008 and kind of gone from there love it so let, let's talk about the kind of the concept of the go-giver you know i think most of the times especially on you know in the world we live in today it's all about the go-getter and uh, but in your in your book in this book um you you paint a, a better picture of being the go-giver as your first priority so instead of the go-getter Let's be the go-giver, hence the name of the book. Um, so let's kind of set the, the stage for that. What's that mean to you? So let's let's take it even a little deeper if we can. Okay. Because, you know, it always comes back to how we define terms, of course, right? Absolutely. Look at a go-getter as someone who's just focused on the getting. Yeah, the go-getter wouldn't be. But what if we looked at a go-getter as just someone who takes action, right? Now, we love that. We love yeah. people who take action, right? Because, you know, you're, you've are you built a, a huge financial services investment practice and, and yeah, you know that you can have the greatest ideas, the best thoughts, the greatest of intent, but unless action's put into the mix, nothing's gonna happen. So we, we want people to be go-getters, people of action and go-givers. Now a go-giver is simply someone who understands that shifting their focus, and this is where, this is the key, Shifting their focus from getting to giving is, uh, and in this case, when we say giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding yeah. that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. Not for some kind of way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical reasons, not at all. It's actually very logical, very rational. When you're that person, Brett, who can take your focus off yourself and instead place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire, when you can move off of yourself and focus on helping people solve their challenges, helping to bring them closer to happiness, people feel good about it. They feel great about you. They yeah. want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with, with you. So- so it just is very natural now. So we would say this, be a go-getter and a go-giver, but don't be a go-taker. And mm, that's strong. The, the go-taker, that's the person whose focus is just on the take, right? And it's, it's you know, take, take, take without having to add value, without thinking they have to add value to the person, yeah. to the process, to the, the situation. And they they go takers tend to be very frustrated because they rarely achieve the kind of real massive success that they believe they deserve but even when they do and they do sometimes uh, it tends to not be very sustainable 
because mm-hmm. it's been built on a foundation that that is very you know practical not that they can't keep doing it but boy is it a tough way to make a living yeah 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 repeating that for it right and so uh so yeah so we would say uh you know when you combine go getter and go giver stay away from go taker now you've got now you've really got a situation where you're where you're in a where you're in a position to bring some immense value to others and remember and i think this is so key i i often say this when i'm i'm speaking at a sales conference it's the first thing i'll say and that is nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to me <laughs> yeah no kidding right they're not gonna buy from you because you need the money or even because you're a really nice person nor do they really give a rip right exactly they're gonna buy from you only because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so and that's great yeah because it, it means if you have a heart for serving others you very naturally want to bring the best you can to another human being. And in that, you know, creates that environment for that no like and trust to occur and the business to take place. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you mentioned the action part. That's one of the circuits of the circuit of success is action, right? People are like, you know, you can sit around and, you know, think about it, pray for it, it's going to happen. But, you know, you, you still have to take action. You still got to go do it. And I love the fact that you don't skip out on that point of just saying, oh, give, 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 um, because you do, even to give, right? Whether it's your your time, your talent, your treasures, you right. still have to take action, right? Absolutely. I still got to show up to that event. Right. I still got to have it in my heart to write that check. So my question for you on this go-giver part, because I, I gave a speech uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, and there's a group of young professionals there and this this guy in his low 20s asked me you know what advice would you have now looking back after two decades for somebody in in a position like his and i said take the meeting take the meeting i think so many times now in our world people are like well what am i going to get paid for this or what am i going to get paid for that and well my time is worth x i've spent a whole career i've gone and done a million things for free right it doesn't mean you don't want to get paid for your time but i also believe Go, trust, have faith that good things can happen when you get out there. My belief is that's probably what you mean by those endless referrals. And that's what's happened for me over two decades is to get referrals and build a business like that because you just go and you give and you have no concept of what's coming back for you. A lot of times you don't. I say giving without attachment to the result and because I expect good things all the time. Yeah, yeah. but, but, But you have to do it without attachment. And, and it doesn't mean we're not strategic. It doesn't mean we certainly don't have a, you know, a, maybe a niche market that we're uh, pursuing and that we're creating those relationships and so forth. It just means you leave yourself open. And um, now I, I do want to say one thing, because this, this brings up a question with a lot of people, only I think because of the name go-giver or, or title, and that is, well, can you be taken advantage of if you do that? And and it's a good question, and, and it's a human question to ask. And the answer is, Yes, anyone can be taken advantage of because that happens in life sometimes. But if you do, if you find yourself, not you, but I mean, if if a person finds in a pattern of being taken advantage of by others, and I don't mean once or twice or every so often, it's going to happen if you're human, right? Unless you stay in the home and never leave. But I'm talking about a pattern of being taken advantage of. It's not because you're nice or because you're a giving person. It's because you're doing things in a certain way that creates the environment for you to be taken advantage of. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and if that's, if that's you, my, my response is congratulations for realizing it. 
and yeah. acknowledging it, okay? Because you can go a whole life having things happen, and if you never give it the conscious thought and ask why, well, you keep repeating the same patterns. Yep. So if someone understands that this happens, then it's a matter of asking, okay, why? What is it that I'm doing or how do I feel about myself? Or, you know, what is this reason that this thing keeps happening? Whereas other people do all these great things and go out there and put themselves out. And not only do they not get taken advantage of, great things seem to come back to them all the time. Yeah. So we always have to go deeper and check our premises and and understand why these things are happening. And, and it's always unconscious. Yeah. Right? It's always something we're setting ourselves up for, whether it's worthiness issues, whether it's not having the tools to know how to say no when it's appropriate to do so and how to do it tactfully and kindly, whether it's uh, uh, getting a payoff of of being the victim and having people feel sorry for, you know, uh, different people have different right. reasons for doing different things. You know, if you ever read the 1960s book, uh, it was published in 1960, written by Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics beautiful book and he talked about how our belief system which is unconscious by by its very nature our unconscious belief system absolutely drives our thoughts our words our actions and we're not even aware of it until we make the con the unconscious conscious conscious yeah and it's so true I and mean, it's where i was actually going to go next so you let me right into it is is so there's attitude your belief system, your actions ultimately get you the results. That's that's the circuits of success I've talked about for so long. Sure. Um, but I think the, to the, your point is the beliefs, conscious or unconscious, they do lead you in that direction. So my question would be for that man or woman listening to this now that may be young in their career and they say, yeah, it's easy to say, go give now, Brett, or go give now, Bob, because you guys have become successful and you've done it. But what, what did you do early in your career or for the person that may still not be young, quote unquote, young in age, but they're young in their new business they've started. And they're like, gosh, I need this sale, right? I need to sell that widget so I can pay my mortgage next month. What advice you have for them? Wonderful question. And it, it basically the, the, the question comes down to, yeah, this go-giver stuff sounds really nice. And, you know, once I have the money and don't really need the business that much, then I'll focus on others and do all that, right. you know, that great stuff. So there's a false premise at work here. And that false premise is that you're actually going to, to sell more, that you're going to sell better, that you're going to have more people wanting to do business with you because you're thinking about yourself and the money. Yeah. And it's just not right. It's just no. not true. Okay. So I, you know, so I would take a person through this exercise. Let's say you are the prospect. And I'm the salesperson and I need the money, right? I'm just starting out. Got to have it. Yep. Got to have that money. I need that money. I get, okay. So I'm going to go in there and, 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 and that's my goal is to, to, to transfer your, the money from your pocket to mine is basically what it comes down to. Yep. Okay. Which I think comes across on a, yeah. on, on some level to that person is doing it. And that when I was younger, we used to call that commission breath. That's but, literally what I was getting ready to say. We called it that same thing. We probably got it from you. And so, <laughs> but uh, so I'm going to go in there. I'm going to ask some questions, which I've been trained to ask because that's how you, you do it. But I'm not really listening to understand what Brett needs, wants, and desires. I'm listening yeah. so that I can have enough information to sharp angle you into a close and get your money. Okay. Um, I'm going to, uh, um, when you have an objection, um, I'm going to be a little defensive about it probably because that your objection standing in the way of this money that I need. 
So yeah, I'm going to go through the standard answers of the objections and again, try to sharp angle you and, and overcome the objection, yeah, right? But, you know, that, that there's sort of that attitude to it. I'm going to be closing early and I'm going to be closing often because I need money. Yeah. And, and, and so at the end of this sales conversation, I would ask the question, are you going to be more likely, all things being equal, more likely or less likely to buy from me right now? And I would say probably less likely. So now let's take yeah. another situation. I'm the same person. I need the money. Okay. And, but, but here's what I'm going to do. Now, first, I'm not going to deny my self-interest because successful people live in truths. They don't deny what's true. Yep. Uh, they don't get stuck on it. They utilize it in order to propel forward, but they acknowledge truths. And by the way, we're all self-interested because that's how our cave person ancestors created more generations. To, you know, to, yeah. but, right. So, so we're self-interested. But what I'm going to do, Brett, is rather than act on this self-interest, I am going to to temporarily suspend my self-interest so that I can put my focus totally on you, all right? So now I'm gonna ask questions, but I'm not just asking questions, I'm now really listening. I'm listening with my entire posture, my body. I'm, I'm And when you answer, I'm not assuming I know what you mean because I realize we come from different belief systems. I realize I'm not my customer and what I find to be a value may not be what they find to be a value. So I gently and tactfully ask clarifying questions to make sure that I understand exactly what you need, what you want, what you desire, that I can provide insights that's gonna help you strengthen areas uh, where you're weak that you might not even know about and, and, and be able to leverage strong areas that you may not even know about. Once, only once I totally know that I know your desires, am I gonna connect the benefits of my product or service with what you're looking to accomplish? When you have an objection, I'm gonna welcome that objection and rather than give some standard answer, we're going to together work within the, the context of the objection in order to understand the root of it and where it's really coming from. And we're gonna work through it together to advance the sale. Yep. And Brett, by the time I ask you to take action, okay, you're, you're simply choosing to take action on something you've already told me that you wanna do. Yeah. Mainly, you know that I have your well-being at heart. Now, the question again, all things being equal, are you more likely or less likely to buy from me than you were from the other? Yeah, 100% more likely. And I think the key there is I would say ADT, ask, don't tell. It's you asking great questions versus tell, if you tell me I need this thing, you need this ink pen. Bob, you need this ink pen versus asking me why I would need an ink pen and what that would do. I think that's a key concept right and there. And when you're desperate, you tell. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're right. So, yeah. so that's, that's what I would say to that person, that understand that by focusing on the money, you're much less likely for that sale to take, to take yeah. place. John David Mann and I say this, okay? Money is simply an echo of value. Mm. Money is an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning. John said that. He's much more poetic than I am, but, right? And, and, and what it really means, what it comes down to, Brett, is this, that the, the, your focus must be on the value you're providing that person. The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value we've provided. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Bob. So let's, let's talk about... Um... 
your craft, right? I mean, you, you've done this for a long time and, and whether it's writing books, speaking, coaching, whatever you're doing, how much time are you spending working on your craft? So working on you versus necessarily being in the weeds, working on a, a certain project for maybe a client, how much work are you doing on yourself? <laughs> much more on myself because there's yeah. so much I have to still work. I, you know, I'm 64. <laughs> I'll be 65 pretty soon, Brent. Okay. You, the older I get, the more I, I know how much I still need to, to work on. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I just think it, it, it's so important. Um, but isn't that amazing? Because most would think you've got it figured out, right? I'm 64 oh. years old. I'm successful. I'm this and that. This guy's got it figured out, but we're all still working on it together. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I think it's, you know, I think, and this was the, the best thing that happened to me when I got in sales. It wasn't just the sales teaching. Now, I started, studied, you know, I got books by, and this is again, back in the mid eighties, I think. Yeah. And I, I got books by Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar. And I started, you know, Brian Trade, you know, all these icons. I mean, just yeah. wonderful, fantastic teachers and uh, amazing. And that was great. And it helped me a lot. But the best things they told me also was that I had to read other books that, and I had to read the how to win friends and influence people. I had to read the magic of thinking big. I had to read thinking grow rich. I had to read, you know, um, uh, interrupt for those listening right there, go rewind this 15 seconds and, and write down every book he just mentioned. They're all phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. I'll tell you another one. Too. Watching on the, the screen. I just moved my microphone and reached for another book. Uh, one of the greatest books, too, and another one that I just think is a must-read. I, I didn't learn about this one until maybe 2003 or something, um, but The uh, the Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. <laughs> uh, it was written in 1910. Um, they just did a, a retro version, they call it, and this is actually his original writing. So a, a lot of people have, because it, the copyright ran out, a lot of people redid the book and put their own things, which is okay, but I always like the original. And sure. So, so this retro version that you can see on at Amazon uh, is is the best one to get. Written in 1910, and and yeah, while his focus when he where he does talk about getting rich in terms of financial, it's it's all areas of life. You, you can't really excel in one without it carrying over in a in a sense when they're principle based, universal laws. So when we talk about success, we're talking about sure financial, but also physical, spiritual, yeah. mental, emotional, relational, social, you know, what have you, and. This is a book. I probably read this book 35, 40 times. It's very, it's very short. And it just has such magnificent information, you know, but, but you have, uh, um, you know, books like, um, gosh, uh, one of the best of all time is a book written in, in, uh, I think this was written in 1906. It's called Peace, Power, and Plenty by wow. Orison Sweat Martin. He was actually the founder of Success Magazine. And, and many people uh, consider him the father of the modern day personal development movement. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, I couldn't even, this is a, a original edition. I couldn't even write in it. I, I had to just do the, the you know, write on the uh, uh, little yellow sticky notes. But, you know, you, you think about it, the title, peace, and he's talking about inner peace, power, which is the power over oneself, not over others, okay? but power over oneself, the ability to master one's emotions. Yeah. And, and it's just so, and then plenty, which is what? Prosperity. So you've got That's solid. every page is a gem and it has. So, you know, I, I think when we, when we look at, at, at continuing to develop ourselves, uh, you know, we can never go wrong. 
right? Because yeah. there's so much fantastic information out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. So let's talk about that. I, I th- you, you hear that all the time, the chicken or the egg, right? Which is it, the chicken or the egg, and, and which comes first? But, you know, in your book, you talk about that typically the more successful people, and I'm reading this from the book. I can't remember what page it's on, but it says typically the more successful people are, the more they're willing to share their secrets with others, right? And I used quotes over secrets because right. really there is no secret. Nah, yeah, there's no secret, right? <laughs> that was, that was um, more, uh, what do you call it when you take writers um uh, you know, when you're being more, uh, I can't think, even think of the, the word, but we, there's no secret. To no, absolutely. But, but again, my chicken <laughs> and the egg concept is, is because it is, is the person that's willing to share. Are they successful because they're willing to share or are they successful? Therefore they're willing to share. I, I have my philosophy, so I'd love to know yours. Yeah. My, mine is, and I'm not sure which is the chicken or which is the egg part, but exactly how a person is that, yep. that, that dictates what they do. So, you know, when we talk about somebody who, uh, let's say somebody gives a lot to charity, okay? Typically, they were giving to charity when they were making almost nothing. Yep. Okay? Very rarely is there somebody who's not charitable, uh, all of a sudden has a successful business, and they're making millions and millions, and then all of a sudden they become very charitable. You know, and very rarely, unless they're doing the show offer for some ulterior Right. No. Typically, you know, money just makes us more of what we already are. And so, um, yeah, so someone who has a giving spirit and a giving name, that's how they built their business, right? And, and, and so it's that person who, and this goes back to that young person you're talking about, who's, or that person even who's young in their, their new career, who says, well, I've got to get something going. I've got to get something started. Okay, good. Find a way to bring value to others. Yeah, both your direct marketplace, but also everyone else, okay? And because everything connects in some way. Yeah. And so find ways, discover, and also understand that what you believe to be of value isn't necessarily what they believe to be of value. Yep. Value is value, you know, which is different than price, right? Price is a dollar amount. It's a, but value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. Yep. Uh, what is it about this thing, this product, this service, this concept, this idea? that brings so much worth to someone that they will willingly exchange their, whether it's money, time, energy, friendship, what, you know, what have you for this, right? Yeah. Both people come out way ahead, yeah. so, but it's always, but value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So it's yeah. not what we think is of value or what we think they should think of, of value. And that's why it's so important as you talked about earlier to ask questions and listen. Yeah. We can't know because we're not them. Yeah. I, and I think there's just something about giving back. I mean, I've been around tons of people that are like, yeah, I'm not going to tell this part of my process or this part, you know, that the scarcity mentality of, I know this one thing on how I sell this widget, right? But then they don't share it. And I just, I don't think that's the the abundance mentality we're looking for. Just a few more things here um, for you. So, uh, you know, I think we all, we all know this, right? What we focus on, we get. What we focus on expands, all those things, no matter how you say it. When I, if I were to follow you around every day, what am I, what am I watching Bob focus on daily without miss? Uh, I think that generally, Brett, what I try to do is make people feel encouraged, make people feel genuinely good about themselves. I picked that up from my dad. I, I consider myself carrying on my dad's legacy. That's what he did so well, right? And um, and so I, I think that's kind of where you know where where I am. Um, 
you know, but again, when I do something like that, I'm doing it for selfish reasons. And that reason is I feel good about myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, I have a, this, this saying, you know, when I define happiness, right. And, you know, happiness by dictionary definition is the mental feeling of well-being, And I think that works. It's a good definition, but I go a little deeper. I say that happiness is a genuine and ongoing feeling of joy and peace of mind. The result of living congruently with one's values. Mm. So if you value a certain thing, so, you know, you've, you've helped a lot of people invest and, and, and you've done very well by helping people do that. But when you help someone and you know that you have really helped them to take care of their financial future, to be able to leave a legacy for their kids or for charities or to, to have a life where they don't have to be in worry all the time, right? And you do yep. those, you feel good. You're, that's yep. selfish, not the money you're making. Right. Okay, great thing, but that's not why you do it. You do it because it's congruent with your values. Yeah. You feel good about yourself when you do that. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we talk about that here at our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, that, that vision align and values align. If, if those two things aren't congruent, even if it was, if I was trying to hire you, right, as, a, as an advisor at Visionary, if our vision and values are not aligned, it's never going to work, right? It's going to be oil and water. I, I would say, our vision and our values are like a magnet. I, I remember my kids trains when they were little, right? The magnet either connects or it repels, right? You try to connect it and it just won't do it. And if our vision and values are connected and aligned, they're going to connect and they're going to do very well. We're going to have an interdependent relationship. That's what works in life in anything, right? Um, what, what would you tell yourself if you, what you know now to be true but maybe you didn't know it on the climb, right? That journey, whether you were in your thirties, your forties, whatever, what do you know now to be true that you didn't know at the time? I'd probably go back to my early twenties and I, I, an older, more mature Berg would tell young Berg first, shut up, stop <laughs> talking because you don't know anything near what you think, you know, and then to paraphrase that great saying that it's, it's, credited to Mark Twain. I don't know that Mark Twain actually said it, but it's brilliant. So it sounds Twainian, you know, I would be crediting. Yeah. Mark but the, the, apparently he said it ain't, it ain't what you, what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you're absolutely sure you do know that just ain't. So that was me. I absolutely thought I had it figured out. I absolutely thought I understand humans. I understand how things work. I get this world. I know it. I didn't. There was so much I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. What What are you doing to be a student of the game? Like for me, I, I jokingly call this, but I'm really serious too, is this is my weekly therapy. I get to learn from, you know, experts all over the world uh, like yourself. But what do you do to be a student of the game uh, to keep working on your craft? Uh, I constantly read, constantly discuss. Uh, you know, it's funny. We have a, 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 um, uh, online uh, go-giver community. And part of that is a masterminding group <laughs> called the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And we've got these really successful people that, that you know, have, take part in this every, every Wednesday at Rachel's Famous Coffee Cafe, which Rachel's from the book, right? Yeah, right. And there's so many great people on there. And people think I'm, you know, no, it's not, it's not me teaching. It's everybody learning from one another. And I mean, it just charges my batteries. I come away from that thing and it's like, holy cow, that was great because yeah. I learned this from Jeff West, who was like one of the leading Aflac leaders in the, you know, in the world. And I learned this from, 
uh, you know, uh, this person who was a great realtor at this, that, and I learned this from so-and-so, you know, and so that, that to me, I get to just learn from all these, these yeah. other people. That's awesome. Great. So who you surround yourself with matters, right? Uh, um, so Bob, where can our listeners find more of you? I know you've got a website. Uh, you want to share that? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy and my, my name is spelled B U R G and that's actually my website, Berg.com. Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com. Are you on social media at all? Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I was going to say everywhere, but that's not true because there's, now it's like all these different things. Right, right. Probably, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to. Awesome. We'll put all the stuff in the show notes for our listeners. Uh, tons of takeaways for me. We didn't even get to the five laws of stratospheric success, but the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, authenticity, and receptivity, right? Those are five amazing things. If you're watching, go pick up this little red book right here called The Go-Giver. It's phenomenal. You'll love it. And Bob, it's been great having you on The Circuit of Success. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.